Cambridge Insider Podcast time again. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. I know, I know, Craig's about to be like, Steve, you got it all wrong. We released an episode on Monday, I know, <laughs> but this is the first time that we're recording in the new year. So firstly, Craig, happy, happy new year to you and happy new year to all of our listeners. So cynical because I was going to say the same thing, you know, I mean, everybody knows we didn't wake up on, you know, January 1st and record an episode and release it the same day. You know, we, uh, that was pre-recorded. Uh, this is our happy new year. Happy new year, Stephen. Uh, things are already looking wonderful from today. Uh, things are really looking up, uh, personally, professionally as a country, as a world, you know, 2021 I'm in. Hey, so much positivity. I love it. Are you not going to comment about my shirt that I have on today? Is that uh, not going to be a topic for conversation? It's it's not uh, going to be, but I'll let the listeners know. Uh, Cambridge Network is experiencing a bit of quarantine fatigue, and we it, we have all decided to get out of our sweats and dress a little bit closer to our executive producer, as Dean, who takes great care in his appearance. Um, and I am... I am bucking the trend uh, by not changing a damn thing. Oh, can we swear on this podcast? I don't know. I guess we can now. Um, and and even worse, I got a new webcam over the break so everybody can see me clearer and see that I am not taking effort in my My goodness. My goodness. Well, for those of you that are interested to see the wonderful shirt, the wonderful attire that I have on today, <laughs> hop onto our YouTube channel. Um, as always, a reminder to all of our listeners, like, subscribe, share the podcast, send us some mails, send us some questions. If you're a school official, if you're a student, if you're an agent and you want us to cover specific topics, let us know what those are. Today, I'm excited to be talking about this for a variety of reasons. But what we're going to be talking about today is what students should look to prepare for before traveling to the U.S. or before uh, looking to study in the U.S. So what, what should they be prepared be preparing for. Um, Craig, I'm excited about this topic. I know you are as well. Do you want to say why you're excited first um, or do you want me to kick us off? No, I'll, I'll say why I'm excited. I mean, I think this gets me back to, you know, why we all do this. We want to help these students succeed. And by setting them up with the information they need to succeed before entering the United States, is a big thing. Um, Stephen and I have a long history. This is actually where we met. Uh, we would run Cambridge Network's orientation in China, or we would be, you know, the hosts of it. Uh, our colleague Tian does most of the work, um, <coughs> and, uh, and and Stephen, <coughs> Tian and Stephen, and um, and it's important because if you can set a kid off on the right foot coming into America, it can really help them succeed. 100%. So well said. I, I don't know if I could add any value to that, but the thing for schools in particular that I do want to highlight off the back of what Craig said was that if we can prepare students as best we can um, to be able to enter the US, to be able to enter a new culture, wherever they might come from in the world, you're going to be seeing students that are going to be more successful, that are going to be able to achieve their goals better, and ultimately, that are going to uh, be able to re-enroll and continue to strengthen that program year on year. What we don't want to see is students come into uh, a U.S. school, stay here for a year, and just find the adaption too difficult and have to move on because that hurts both the student and what their future plans might have been. It's a financial burden for the family and for the school. It's a big burden as well to carry that student 
uh, through that one year only to have them leave the program. All right, so Mr. Batson, we, we speak a little bit about success. We speak about helping student uh, re-enrollment and, and the reason why we are in this field is to be able to prepare students uh, really, really well. I want to throw a question your way. How important is it for us to not only prepare students, but also to prepare families? One of the things that you and I do when we do go to China and as part of the Cambridge Network um, in-country orientation or ICO, is we speak not only to the students, but we speak to a grandmother and a grandfather and a mom and a dad who are sitting there and getting this information. Why is that so important? I think it is because parents set the standard for uh, for how their children react and, and what they do. You know, the parents will make the decisions about what schools the kids go to. They will be the ones checking on their students. They will be the ones making sure that they succeed. So Cambridge Network focuses on that a lot. And we work on making it as easy as possible for our schools and students that are enrolled through us to communicate with the natural parents. And so this is something where if you can send, you know, your natural parents a welcome letter from your school, the Cambridge Network can translate and welcome them. Or maybe you can host a short event talking to them, getting to know them, building that relationship. Then you are not only going to be building promoters within your own school, you're also going to be making it so when their son or daughter says, hey, I'm thinking about transferring to this new school that they will say, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, the school's always been good to me instead of saying, I don't know, the school's never talked to me about anything. You know, the only people that I know is Cambridge Network. And as long as we're through them, I feel fine. So making sure that that they have positive associations with your school will not only help your parents stay engaged, but also let them know that you are working for their son or daughter. Yeah, well said. I think helping them stay engaged is so important. We, we, we must always realize and remember that we are dealing with teenagers. We've all been teenagers. Inevitably, we will get up to a little mischief. We'll do things, you know, maybe, maybe not exactly as expected. And I, I know Craig and, and executive producer Dean and myself have been in these conversations often, but if you're sitting in a conversation with a student who's mis, maybe misstepped and, and hasn't behaved himself or academically isn't doing well, Usually that student will, you know, look to sort of find a gap somewhere. So, you know, he has the school that, um, you know, that's sort of a guiding force in his life. He has the Cambridge Network and our, you know, our local staff, our SDMs that are the guiding force. And then he has his parents as well. And if all three of those parties unanimously agree that a student needs to, you know, in improve his behavior or do certain things academically, um, yeah, that conversation is just so much easier. Whereas, you know, if we saying something, the school is saying something, but the parents are disagreeing, that conversation oftentimes doesn't work out the way that the school or us as Cambridge Network, uh, you know, wanted it to. Well, and this is part of something that we've been talking about for a while, and we're 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 I'm done talking about resilience. We're back. We're in the we're in the build. We're in the build back better stage of like of the year, uh, and. And what it is, is schools have great communications for their domestic parents. I, I've seen what our network schools do for natural or for domestic natural parents um, for, you know, open houses and report cards and everything. And if if we need to start treating our international students like we treat our domestic students and I and, and I know there's different challenges and it requires more work to do, but that is something to are we hosting things for international parents, even if we only get one or two, 
you know, maybe it's worth it. Can we record something? Can we send it to them in their native language? You know, if we want to build these programs, we need to work on building these programs. The market is very competitive and parents are the decision makers and a happy parent leads to more students. 100%. And as you rightfully said earlier on, parents are often talking to other parents who have students that want to come to the US. Make sure that your school is in the right uh, you know, it, it, it is spoken about in the right uh, light when it comes to parents talking about great schools. So I know that, uh, Craig, a lot of our schools in the US do their own orientations as well. Now, just to clarify, Cambridge does uh, a, an initial orientation in the home country of the students. So as an example, we travel to China, we do a weekend event with students where we walk them through a variety of topics, which we will discuss shortly. Um, and then we also do orientations once they land in the country um, and we continue to do those orientations through the year. Now, I know schools do orientations um, and I was thinking maybe just as a, as a little heads up to schools or as a way for them to help, you know, maybe decide what goes into the orientations. You and I will briefly discuss, um, you know, what do we talk about in our, our orientation? What are we um, educating and helping kids understand? Yeah, I agree. And we cover a lot of topics. And what we do is we, 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 I think we lay a great foundation mm -hmm. and what a school can do in their orientation is take that foundation and apply it to each specific student, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the first thing that, um, that's a massive, massive topic for us, um, as part of our orientation is culture. Um, you know, all of us have sat at some stage with a student um, uh, who has in some or other way had difficulties adapting to a brand new culture. We're going to use the example of China and the US because those cultures are so, you know, uh, are far apart from, from one another in many, many ways. Um, you know, and students experience culture shock. When they come here, um, they arrive in the US and suddenly, you know what, the, the classroom doesn't quite look the same. The food doesn't quite taste the same. Um, you know, they don't sleep at the same times. They don't have the same schedules. Um, you know, do they use WeChat Pay or do they use credit cards and cash? These are small things that might seem insignificant at times, but we've seen over and over that students struggle with culture shock. In your opinion, Mr. Batson, why is culture such an important uh, point for us to, to educate these kids on? So this is important because one of the things that I hear when a student's asking to transfer is, oh, I don't feel, you know, supported. Oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, it doesn't feel good, you know, emotional, uh, but really just feeling lonely issues. And culture is something that is a struggle and, 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 and can bridge that gap. And if you hit it with them right away, it will give them time to deal with culture shock and not, you know, be stuck in a dip. I mean, we talk about uh, the double dip of culture shock. You get the initial excitement, then you get the culture shock dip and depression. Then you go back up a little bit. Oh, things are going better. And then, you know, Christmas hits and you got school break and everybody gets really sad. And, and then, and then, oh, it starts to tick back up after that. But by the time you're in that double dip, it's December and the kids telling their parents, oh, I want to go home or I want to transfer because this school isn't, I don't have any friends here. And so if you can help avoid that by making them adjust early 
and supporting them and introducing them to clubs and introducing them to friends and having maybe having a buddy system or something that you can do at your school to stop that in its tracks early. I think that's fantastic. I know too many international students when I ask who's your best friend and they say, uh, oh, I thought I was going to have an American friend, but all my friends are Chinese. And it's like, you know, can we do something in an orientation to stop that? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and don't look at this and culture as insignificant. Any of you that have traveled, every time you miss home, understand that we have students thousands and thousands of miles away, often traveling by themselves and often yeah, for extended periods of time with a completely different culture. There's no familiarity for them to be able to draw some inspiration and some uh, some happy thoughts from. So culture is so, so important. The second one that I think is important is academics um, and just helping these students understand the difference, not only in the physical classroom and how teachers teach, but also the expectations academically. How are classes structured? What are the specific topics that they will be dealing with? And how should these students uh, tackle those uh, those classes in order to be able to achieve good results. Your thoughts on academics, Mr. Batson? Yeah, I, and I think that's important. Um, this is more of a, a kind of a basic idea is we all know we got to make our kids succeed. But more importantly, we need to make sure that they understand the American education system and they need to understand your school and what's going to help them succeed at your school. Not at every school. Stephen and I can't talk about every school in the United States in our orientation. But how are they going to succeed? What resources does your school have about that can help international students? Uh, something I'm talking about with uh, a lot of my schools is if we're charging more than domestic tuition, which we shouldn't be, but if we are for international students, what extra resources are these students getting to show that they that they are paying more and that they are worth it. And so highlighting your school's resources, introducing students specifically to a counselor, you know, hey, my door is open all the time. Let's schedule a monthly meeting. You know, starting that off right away is fantastic. One of the things that are my top, top schools are doing is they are introducing kids to college counselors uh, in freshman year because that's something that Chinese students are absolutely interested in that maybe a domestic student was. I mean, I think I loved my high school, but I don't think I met with my college counselor until maybe my, you know, third trimester of junior year. You know, an international student is paying a premium and they want to meet with somebody every every year. And I think we have the resources to do that. But a domestic student would have to reach out for that, whereas we need to introduce our international students to that. Absolutely. It might be, you know, a college counselor or an academic advisor might be a foreign concept to some of these kids. Understand that and remember that and use that with your, the type of orientation that you are giving them. Off the back of academics, college, um, you know, we, we often speak about college when Craig and I uh, do, do travel abroad and give these orientations. One of the favorite presentations that we give, parents are taking photos, kids are, are, are swinging from the rafters and, and cheering Craig on as he gives the presentation about college. Um, they want to know. Kids want to know. They, you know, the parents pay again. As Craig said, they pay a premium to to come to your school with many times the ultimate goal of getting into a good college. How do they get into a good college? Introducing those concepts to them early on, making sure they understand what needs to be done, often from the the ninth or the tenth grade, to be able to achieve success at a college level. Um, Mr. Batson, anything you want to say about college? I know you're the, you're the college expert when it comes to presenting when we uh, travel. 
Uh, yeah, my my guy from Tufts University. He's the real <laughs> college expert. It's an inside joke. Um, college, I think it's important. That's the ultimate goal in these things and making sure that students understand the resources that are at their uh, at their, you know, hands. What's the what's the disposal term? disposal? Yeah, there you go. Um, and that's important. Can you get a an alumni on the on the video call and say, hey, this is you know, I, I get that, you know, we're in China and we think we need to, you know, get all A's. But actually what you need to do is get, you know, all A's and join three sports clubs and stuff, you know, and it's going to make your life better. Can you get alumni involved to be messengers of trust to these students? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes uh, international student alumni are the greatest uh, carriers of that message. They are 100% college myths that do the rounds in China about what you need to do to get into certain colleges. And those are most of the time completely false. So educating your students and helping take a little bit of the pressure off them by educating them on what is required for them to get into a good college. And, and we bring in internet, we bring in uh, graduates for our international orientation in China. It's big. And I talk about this a lot with our school officials is, you know, listen, I know I'm an expert. Steven's an expert. Our admissions officials are experts. A teenager doesn't care. A teenager cares about what other teenagers say. You know, let's let's teach them that way. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 um, the round of applause that goes around when the teenagers talk versus when Craig and I say a few things. <laughs> I, I could I can give eight hours of beautiful information. A teenager says one thing and that oh my god, he's so smart. <laughs> All right. The final one that I quickly just want to um, add into the conversation is US residential life. Um, one of the big focuses that we put in from a Cambridge side and often a place where we see students falter and struggle with is US residential life. Whether they're living in a dorm, whether they're living with a host family. Um, you know, that's the place where often some of these struggles that they have both emotionally, socially adapting to a new culture um, gets brought out. And, you know, that's often one of the reasons why students want to return back home and are not happy and successful in this country is because they do not enjoy that, do not feel comfortable where they stay. How important is talking to them about their living situation? Absolutely major. Listen, this is why a lot of our schools work with Cambridge Network is to provide the top tier support in the residential life. And we do so much for students. We do as much as we can. But having more people involved, asking them about it is not going to hurt. You know, making sure that you know that you care about their hosts and their hosts are invited to school community events. And it's not just a hotel with mediocre warm food. You know, that's something that we can all do. Are you, you know, referring a potential hosts to the Cambridge Network so that we can keep them engaged in the school community? That is, it is absolutely paramount. And it's often so much about just aligning those expectations, both from a host side or a dorm coordinator side and a student side. What are the expectations? How do we meet in the middle to create harmony? Um, because ultimately, that's what we really want for these kids. If they're going to feel safe, secure, happy where they're living, chances are they're going to have a better chance of succeeding academically, socially, emotionally at school. Great, great conversation, buddy. I enjoyed it. Anything else you want to add here? Absolutely. Um, I actually prepared something. I'm usually so on the back foot at this point. 
Um, it's 2021 now, uh, but we still have to deal with the lingering effects of 2020. So what are, can we be doing this year specifically, uniquely to talk about during orientations? And things that I are interested in is making sure that you're talking with students about why it's safe to come to your school and do in-person classes or what you're doing uniquely. And then making sure that maybe it's important to invite students that enrolled in fall 2020 that might be just now showing up in spring 2021 to your orientations and making sure that they are involved because even though they've been enrolled and they're not technically a new student, they are for all intents and purposes a new student, even if they're still digital, you know, making sure that they feel welcomed to your school. Absolutely. Just one final reminder. Remember that many in China, uh, as an example, might think that, you know, the way in which the US is handling the coronavirus and some of the safety measures might not be on point. So part of your responsibility as a school is to explain some of these processes and procedures as part of your orientation for any student that wants to come here. It's going to make them feel safe and secure. Mr. Batson, Happy New Year. It's been a good first kick off of 2021 podcast. I love it. I love it. We're back. We're here. I, I took two weeks off. I feel so good. I'm excited to be here. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. You know, reach out. Send us an email. Uh, Anchor.fm forward slash Cambridge Network. Send us your questions. Still working on that mailbag episode. Anytime anybody's ready. Let's do it. Absolutely. To all of our listeners, as always, thank you very much. And we will catch you around the corner at the next episode of the Cambridge Insider Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>